This is the Mental Grit Podcast Experience. Hey, how we doing, everybody? This is Coach Last here, and I am so excited to be bringing on uh, one of my favorite athletes that I've ever, you know, had the pleasure to work with, as well as you know, to watch and, and experience his his uh, I guess story and uh, and his impact with so many athletes across uh, you know the triathlon world. Mr. Rory Duckworth, Rory, welcome, welcome to Mental Grit, welcome to the podcast today, and, uh, and hey. it's just welcome, man. How's it going, Nate? I'm glad to hear that I'm your favorite athlete. I just want to make that record clear to all your other athletes. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Man, I don't I don't play favorites. No, I, I honestly it's it's been a, a joy to to watch your your story, to watch your experience unfold. Um, with your impact, not only with the Salt Lake Tri Club, um, and, and then to hear your story across time with kind of where you were at, would you, would you, you know, please help us understand or help the audience understand really quick, kind of a little bit about your background, your story in triathlon, where you came from, um, you know, and, and what you aspired to accomplish uh, yeah. in the sport. Yeah. So I'll, um, I'll kind of do the shorter version just so we don't, we don't put anyone to sleep here, but, um, <laughs> Uh, so I got into triathlon a little around 10 years ago. Um, I was overweight. I was, uh, you know, not happy with my situation physically. And, um, I had an aha moment, you know, in the bathroom trying on a pair of jeans and I was like, I got to do something. So, um, I uh, dedicated, uh, my life at that point to, you know, living a healthy lifestyle and it was definitely not easy. Um, it just didn't automatically click. And I was like, Oh, look, right, I can right. work out every day. Yeah. Um, so it took some time and it took some struggle. Um, and it took some sacrifice. And, um, you know, I got to the point where I was losing a lot of weight, um, kind of started to concern me. I went into the doctor thinking I had like cancer or something. But he, just, <laughs> he just laughed at me and said, no, you're just working out and eating healthy, you know, so, you're just doing the right things. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I, uh, I found triathlon because I tried just doing running and running, you know, I'd get hurt or just burned out. Right. And right. so I, I liked triathlon cause you could mix it up with the different sports and kind of, you know, keep active that way without getting over, overwhelmed. Yeah, for sure. So that's how I got into triathlon or why I got into triathlon. And then, um, you know, just started to really train and get into it and enjoyed the atmosphere and the people that were in the, the scene and uh, started to race a lot and train a lot and make a lot of friends and to the point where we had so many friends that we all accumulated that we just decided to start a triathlon club yeah. so that we could just have an excuse to um you know wear wear or matching kits you know so it wasn't so weird <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Uh, wait, 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 and let's be honest. I mean, the Salt Lake Tri Club looked really good. But, I mean, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Just needed a valid reason to to go to wear all the same matchy. stuff. Oh, matchy, matchy. But I mean, it, I mean, it sounds like your story matches up with a lot of people's. Just like kind of that 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 start, right? It's like you know, you kind of got to the point where it sounds like you kind of had the aha moment of, oh man, I got to do something. Yeah, um, and then yeah. ended up ended up kind of getting into it and going after it, and uh, and really it, it turned into what seems like I mean you you ended up getting to Kona, which I yeah. mean if if anybody out there doesn't understand what that means, I mean Kona is is the pinnacle of Ironman triathlon. Um, yeah. You had to qualify for it. I mean, and and not everybody gets to go to Kona, right? You you do have to qualify, and 
um, you know, last year, obviously you, you ended up qualifying and, you know, to go from, you know, the overweight athlete to Kona, that's, that's such a huge shift, I guess you could say in, in mindset. I mean, did you, was there a time where, where, where you kind of set your mind to Kona? Um, kind of what, what were you aspiring to in the beginning? And then what, it, what did your aspirations come, you know, or become over, over time? Yeah, it's a good, you know, I think I originally got into it to be healthy, to make friends right, and right. Um, whatever else. And then once you start learning more about the sport and, you know, the pinnacle of it and, you know, um, kind of, you know, setting your goals and stuff like that after doing your first couple sprints, you know, the, your goals there are just to finish and have fun. And then, right. you know, you kind of have to set your heights, I think, for, for more, right? And that was kind of my more was trying to qualify for the Super Bowl of, of triathlon, which mm-hmm. I want to I honestly think is one of the hardest events to qualify for um, being yeah. how competitive it is and how you just have to have a perfect race on that day, which is, is really hard to do. You know, it's not a point system. It's your very best that day against your age group. And everyone, you know, a lot of people are there with the same dream that you have and um, it takes everything you got to do it. So that was kind of my goal after I'd finished my first couple Ironman was to make it to the world championship. And, um, you know, it took me a good amount of time and a lot of dedication to do that. Well, and and that that just speaks to, you know, one of the big ideals within, within mental grid of what we talk about all the time, Um, you know, with the athletes is if you're going to, if you're going to put your head in any place, it's got to be in a head, you know, in a space of process. It's got to be in a space of, of continually just grinding, continually being in a place of what do I need to do in order to get to where I want to go rather than fo- so focused on the outcome. And, it, you know, I mean, just looking back on your story, something that I personally, you know, I'd like you to share really quick is there was there was a time where you were close, like three times, there were two or three times where you had a great race and it was just right off, right off the, the ticket to getting to Kona. Yeah. Um, you know, and then how did you, how did you keep going after those, those, those close calls? Right. I mean, did you, did you feel like quitting after some of those? Were you ever close to quitting? Um, no, I felt like they actually motivated me more to figure out how to get there. You know, when I set a, when I set a, a goal and a, uh, a dream, you know, it just made me want it even more when I got that close. It definitely hurt, but, um, I definitely, I never, never even thought about quitting. I can't even think of a moment in my time that I thought about quitting. I mean, maybe after like an injury, injury suck. Right. So maybe when, you know, I was hurt or sick or something like that, maybe I thought about quitting, but mm-hmm. um, it just never really crossed my mind that I can remember. Um, you know, even after Tahoe, when I got sixth place and I was like, I don't know, I was like top 10 or you know, 12th or 13th. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I was just so close and my age group was just stacked and, you know, they all deserved to go. They all were great racers, but I was, you know, six best that day and there's only five spots. So that makes sense. I mean, how did did you, I mean, if, if, and this is a question I always like to ask is how, how did you race that race that day? How do you feel about your race that day not necessarily the outcome but in terms of you you said you need to have a perfect race was that a perfect race for you um yeah it was pretty dang pretty dang close I led I actually led the whole race like I literally was first overall until about mile six on the run so you could imagine that I was feeling pretty dang good right 
and um, you know, to come in and see that you're six in your age group, but you know, tenth or thirteenth overall. Right. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't get a Kona spot, this is just, you know, this is just frustrating. But you know, it was a little frustrating. But you, you did, the the rules are the rules, and those guys showed up a lot better than I did that day. And uh, like I said, you just it, this stars didn't align for me. So. Yeah. For sure. How, how, how do you specifically, I mean, especially after events like that, stay focused on the work, stay focused on the process, stay focused, you know, in the moment, even after disappointment. Um, what, what, what do you do? Um, I don't know, like the answer to that, you just do it, you know, and maybe it's just because I grew up playing sports. Um, but you just stay focused and, um, you just believe in the process and you know, you can, you see other people accomplishing their dreams, doing the same thing you're doing. So I think, you know, watching others, um, you know, complete the goal and, and do what you're doing is kind of motivation in itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's that, that's always been a question that I, that I find, you know, from the, a lot of the athletes that I'm working with or, they always have that question of like, you know, how do I get back on the horse or what do I do? And another big question always comes up is, is, you know, how do I, you know, deal with this race anxiety that I get? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm a lot of people that. just don't, don't sleep before. Um, and, and I personally, you know, we, we like to teach a mental grid that that's a controllable thing. That's something that you don't have to go through. You can actually control it. Did, did you ever find that there was a time that you had race anxiety specifically? And, and if so, what did you do about it? I, I am like probably the best when it comes to, to like pre-race. Is that stuff one of because, your big, big strengths? Yeah. Because like, I think a lot of people take life way too serious. They take <laughs> racing way too serious. And I say that in like the nicest way, like there's a serious part to racing, but I tend to be like jokester and, you know, have fun before a race mm-hmm. and uh, you just kind of smile and laugh because I think that really helps with nerves. And, um, so I'm always that guy that's making jokes and doing stupid stuff before the race. And I think a lot of people look at me like, man, this guy is like not taking it serious, but in reality, it's just, I think my way of dealing with that stress. Yeah. That's a good point. The best races I've had are ones that I have gone in there just being like, you know what, whatever, just whatever happens today happens today. And I think just that least amount of stress on you is, is so much better for your, your racing and, and kind so of sets, forth. sets you up for performance rather than kind of getting all wrapped up in the anxiousness. And yeah, it's, yeah. that's, that's cool though, to hear that, that you, you're utilizing your, your, your comedy, right. You're utilizing your personality to, to really enjoy and you know, the, the, that beginning of the race, obviously, but also to keep it light for you, because if you, if you go too serious, it sounds like, you know, you're not, you're not going to necessarily perform all optimally. Um, yeah. would, you, would you say that if you get too serious, like you, you specifically, right. If you get too serious, oh, yeah. do you feel like that I mean kind of the performance can dwindle? Yeah. Like if you, you know, everything, there's always something that goes wrong during a race always. Oh, so true. And so true. it's not anything you ever think is going to happen. You know, if your right. knee has been hurting, it's never your knee. It's always a part <laughs> of your body. And so you can't control some things that happened out on the race course, but you can control how you react to what happens. And let's say you get a flat, you know, I've known people who get flats and just quit during quit the race. Moment. I've seen that and too. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've seen people that maybe they, they feel like they're sore going up the, the hill 
And so they just mentally quit because they think their body's not ready. In reality, they're just going harder than they should, or maybe their power meter's not reading properly. So you can't let little things affect you. You just have to roll with it and say, Hey, you know, whatever, I'm going with it. This is, this is what it is. And then just think of, you know, the positives to anything, you know, you get a flat, well, at least you get a little rest there. And, uh, you know, you're, <laughs> you you're spun that nicely. Hey, yeah, like I'm getting a rest right now. That's kind of nice. Exactly. So, I, th- I think that's what we call reframing in the, uh, in the sports psych business right there. there you <laughs> yeah. You just kind of have to roll with the punches and go with it. And there's been times I know professional athletes that haven't been, you know, feeling that hot during the race and then they right. change their attitude and end up winning it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same idea as getting sick or, you know, the best performances yeah. happen when people are sick. I mean, that's such a wild idea, but I think it does something for people, um, you know, and, and I hope people can take away uh, or just athletes can take away that, that lesson of expectations can hurt or, you know, help you or hinder you. Right. Yeah. And really, you know, in the end, if you can just drop all expectations and just race and just go okay. as fast as you possibly can in your swim and your bike and your run, you're going to have a great race yeah. and focusing on the little things that help you get there. So, you know, that, that's something that we talk a lot, a lot inside of mental grit in terms of how to push through pain as that's, that's something that comes up a lot um, in terms, you know, we, we talk about the bike and we talk about the swim, we talk about the run and, you know, I, I'm always t- you know teaching a technique and anybody can use this. It's such an easy one, right? It's like, what are the three most important things, you know, techniques, tactics, strategies, whatever it might be, right. That you can do in, in, in any moment of the race to help you go fast period. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people can point to cadence and, uh, and, and pedal stroke or, uh, you know, relaxed back or whatever it might be, but everybody has their own most important things for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a technique we talk about to push through pain. I, I wonder, you know, what, what do you do? What do you do to push through the pain? I mean, you're one of the fastest you know, bikers I personally have ever, you know, had the pleasure to work with. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to watch you push through pain, it's something that I, I enjoy watching you do because it's something I had never seen before. Right. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of, especially indoors on the kicker, you're pushing you know, through a lot of, a lot of turmoil to say the least. How do you do it? I mean, what's, what's your process of, 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 I guess, sticking with the process of pushing through that pain and really, you know, putting down some serious power? Yeah, I think it's just embracing it. You know, there's what you've taught me. There's two things you could do avoidance, I think is one, and you could just embrace it. Right. And maybe Uh I'm, I'm saying that wrong, but um, I tend to like to embrace it. You know, the more it hurts, the more that I'm uh, doing it right, I guess. And ah, so yes, yes. I like to think, you know, if, if, uh, if I'm hurting, then I can only imagine how they feel. And um, I kind of just say stuff like that as, as I'm going and uh, really just tap into, you know, the inner animal in me and, um, you know, just let it go and, and uh, just kind of, kind of embrace that suck basically. Ah, that's, that's, that's so cool to hear because, you know, if you think about that a little bit, that's just redefining your definition of what, what is successful for you? Like what is impactful? It's like, it sounds like if you don't hit that pain point, then you feel like you, isn't that the definition of success on the, on the bike for you is the pain. Exactly. Yeah. I think if I, um, you know, depending on the race, of course, but if, uh, yeah, I got to be careful on Ironmans, of course. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, that's a long, long distance race, but um, even in training though, I mean, that's, that's something that sounds like is a, is a part of your definition of success. Well, it's more so in training because, you know, during a full Ironman, there's, they're really with me, yeah, no, yeah. no pain 
pain point, but um, I show up to the races pretty prepped for those those long rides. Right. And so, um, so yeah, it's just uh, yeah. If I don't, if I do say a sprint or Olympic or even a half, and I don't, I don't get off that bike feeling like absolute garbage then um, I feel like I might've done something wrong. And I say that in, in all terms, you, you've got all these yeah, things. To buy. Yeah. And, and it's like, and then that goes back to the how, right? I mean, it's like, is, was that the perfect race for you, you know, in Tahoe? And you're like, yeah, I, I raced that race as hard as I possibly could. And I left it all out there. And yeah, you know, totally. that definition of success, it sounds like is impactful. And that's something that we, we love to teach, you know, at mental grid is, is if you, if you don't know, and if you haven't defined what your, what your success is actually is, um, how do you know you're never going to reach it? Right. And, and redefining success in some cases can help, um, yep. you know, so, so that's just super cool, but you know, Rory, I mean, your, your story is impactful. I want to keep this short. I want to keep this light and I want to keep this applicable, um, and, you know, and, and accessible to the triathletes out there to hopefully learn from what you do and your story. Would you leave, would you leave us with, with anything else regarding, you know, kind of the mental game and your, and your, you know, I guess impactful things that you've done to really help you accomplish your aims, your goals, um, within triathlon. Is there any, anything that you'd leave the audience with at this point, um, regarding the mental game and and kind of what you can do with it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I show up to a lot, I've seen a lot of these races. I've done a lot of these races. And, um, the one thing I've noticed with people is that we literally take things way too serious mm. and we need to we need to lighten up a little bit and we need to have fun if if this is not fun then you shouldn't be doing it so i would oh, suggest so i would suggest to people is to first you know find the fun remind yourself why you're doing this and um show up to the the race and smile and always always um think a volunteer and always, always, always give back to the community by helping another person. And uh, you'll find real enjoyment in um, giving back. And that's, you know, doing my first Ironman was, was really cool crossing that mm. finish line. But Definitely. being able to help someone um, cross that finish line is not only extremely motivating, but um, also really rewarding and helps, <laughs> helps your mental game as far as your own racing is absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and it, I mean, it just looking at your story, that whole idea of having fun, the tangibles of that seem to be, um, the, the creation of the matchy matchy, right. And, and the creation yeah. of, of Salt Lake tri club and to be able to, to work with other people and to, and to do all this stuff with other people. I mean, that's the fun part about it. And yeah. it sounds like, and I mean, that's been a big part of your story to, to stay in it, first of all, but also to keep you motivated and keep you going is to having that community to work with and having fun with it and, you know, making it a part of your life. Exactly. Um, that, that seems so, so impactful. And that's something that everybody can do. They can, they can go out and they can go find a community of people that are like-minded and they can go help other people. They can go and enjoy it and, and kind of take the, the seriousness away you know from athletic performance and athletic competition and and having an an enjoyable experience that way they can compete and perform over a long long period of time rather than just a one or two year kind of process exactly Um, which you know in my personal opinion as a performance psychology consultant is is that is the goal is to have a great experience over a long time and not just a a short experience that, that, you know, was, was turmoil. Right. Um, that's, that's no fun if you ask me, especially in athletics and that's not what that athletics is for. And that's not what performance is all about. Um, so 
thank you for your story though. Thank you for, for kind of bringing your perspective and everything. Uh, everybody, Rory Duckworth, once again, Rory, <laughs> could you please share uh, your Instagram, your, you know, where can we follow you as a, as an athlete uh, with the, with the club? I mean, where would you, yeah. where would you guide the audience members to uh, check, check out a little more about your story and, and follow your journey? Yeah. You could always uh, follow me on Instagram uh, at uh, speedo tryman or you can follow us on uh, Facebook or Instagram at the Salt Lake Tri Club and uh, at Salt Lake Tri Club or SLTC moment on uh, Instagram. So it's been really awesome to work with Nate. He's uh, definitely helped me on a, a few things that I've dealt with and um, just has really helped our athletes in general. So we love the relationship we have with Nate and uh, he's done an amazing job. So we appreciate all you do for us also. I uh, appreciate it, man. I really do appreciate it. It's so much fun to work with. We'll just work with athletes and, you know, honestly, this, the, the whole thing that I'm doing here within mental grit, everybody knows this. You guys have heard this before. It, it's, it's all about performance. Psychology is a part of sport. I mean, it's not, it's not this thing that needs to be hidden behind or, you know, it's all about mental, mental performance and optimizing full performance potential of the athlete. And we're here to celebrate that um, and really utilize it as it's, it's a part of every, every athlete's story. Um, and we're here to train that and help develop that. So, you know, thank you. Thank you, Rory, for your time. Thank you, everybody out there listening for, for, your, for, your, for your attention. And, and if you guys have any questions, please let us know if you have any questions for Rory. Please, you know, throw it our way. We'll get it over to him and uh, we'll, we'll get those answers uh, for you as soon as possible. And, and really, we're just here to help you, you know, with anything we possibly can within the mental skills game. So please hit us up if you have any questions about anything. Uh, if you have any questions about, uh, you know, how to, how to go about, you know, working with, with mental grit or bringing it to your program please throw a shout out over and we'll get you some more information but uh you know follow us on instagram at uh, mental grit and uh facebook at mental grit and uh we look forward to seeing you and engaging with you uh, on social media but uh, we'll catch everybody there thanks rory appreciate your time see you later